Well, hello everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Michelle Moross and this is Mental Shift. For those of you who have stumbled across this podcast or this video blog and you're like, who in the world is this lady and why in the world is she so darn happy? Well, I'm an international speaker. I've traveled the world and I've met so many amazing people. I've written two books and about, you know, resiliency and getting back up. And part of this whole process of getting a podcast up is because I discovered while traveling the world that so many people have so many stories that need to be shared. And whenever I run into one of those kind of people, which is pretty much a lot of us, I bring them onto my podcast because some of them just need to be highlighted a little bit more. And today you are going to meet one of these ladies. She was actually uh, sent to me through LinkedIn. Another woman came up and she wrote me and she says, um, I see you have a podcast about you know, getting back up and having mental shifts to change your life. You must meet Dr. Latarsha Holden. And I went, okay. But I reached out and I looked at, I looked at her profile and went, holy smokes. All of you out there in social media world, podcast world, you must meet Latasha Har uh, Holden. I always want to call her Harden. I don't know why, but you need to meet her. And today you get the chance to do that. Uh, she is 2020 Georgia Mother of the Year. She's got a movie coming out about her called Hidden Glory, the Latasha Holden story. Uh, she's got a comic book series coming out. There's so much we get to talk about today that my brain's about to explode. It's, I'm so excited, and I apologize if we go a little longer than normal because something tells me we will. Have a great listening because you're about to meet a very powerful woman, and if you ever think that you can't get up, you think about this conversation with Doc, Dr. Latarsha Holden, and you'll say, I'm gonna get back up. So please welcome, Latarsha, how are you? Hi, I'm doing well, how are you? I am fantastic, especially seeing your smiley face in front of me. <laughs> thank you, thank you for having me. Oh, I, I am just honored, blessed, humbled, you name it, I am. Because when I just glanced at the story on you being the Georgia mother of the year, and then had the opportunity to just to, to you know peek more into your life. Whoa. Okay. I'm gonna have to start it off because in the beginning, <laughs> Latarsha is the mother of six children. Yes. Okay, Latarsha, you need to tell us what's going on because you you were on the streets of Georgia with six children. How did that happen? How did that mental shift go from on the streets, six children to PhD, movie, books, product line? <laughs> oh, what happened? There is something major that happened in your life. How did you get to the homeless point? Are you, are you, are you willing to share that bit? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, um, a painful marriage had ended in divorce. It was uh, verbally and emotionally abusive. So by the time that had ended, I was, I didn't even know who I was. Mm -hmm. You know, I was 35 years old, um, uneducated and underemployed. So for me, uh, I was married 10 years. That, it, it, it ended in a way that wasn't expected. Um, and it just left me devastated. It left me really, I was already a person. I dropped out in 10th grade in high school. So I had four kids by the time I was 22. So I was already a, a, a 
a woman, a young lady that early on that didn't have any, any goals. I wasn't a person that was dedicated and organized and, 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 you know, and I wasn't raised in the church. I didn't know God. So for me, I really gave up at an early age on life, but I came at a crossroad. I'm 35 now. I'm going through a divorce. My mindset is, my self-esteem is shot to Hades. And, um, and I have these six kids I have to look out of. So what happens here I am, I'm like, what do I do to save my family? Which I didn't really know what that looked like. You know, um, being an African-American woman with a poverty mindset with that many kids, uneducated and, and don't have really job experience, I didn't really know what to do. So I started having dreams and vision of me speaking and preaching around the world. And I'm like, this is, it can't be me. So I remember one Sunday, I went to church and the lady, um, female pastor uh, came off the pulpit when the service was over. And I went to her and I said, well, I'm having these dreams and vision of me preaching and speaking. I told her a little bit about my situation. I said, but I don't know how I can, how, how would it be able to be achieved? She said, now it, it kind of made me, she said, well, did you finish school? And here I am, 35 years old. Last time I've been in one school, I was 15. So now I'm like, uh, no, can you just show me a ministry class I can go join and this guy can make everything better? She said, well, you probably want to start there. And I'm going to be honest with you. I loved up my head hung down. I'm mad. I'm like, that was not the answer that I was looking for. No, you wanted an easier answer. I want an easy answer. I thought you were going to say, well, baby, if God gave you a vision, go join that ministry class and everything is going to work out. Hit this lady telling me, you probably want to go back to school. And I'm looking at her. So I, I, I remember we were living in a boarding house in squatters. And I went back to the house and I just started crying. I'm like, God, what is this? I, I, I don't, I, to go back to school for me at that time in 2007, I'm like, I'm homeless. I don't have financial help. I don't have any financial assistance. I don't have family support. How the heck is this going to happen? But I looked at my six children and it was at that point I made a vow. The streets was not going to raise my children, nor the jails was going to house them. Now, I didn't really know what liberation would look like because I've never really experienced it first for myself, let alone for a whole family. But I knew I had to start somewhere, and it was then I enrolled in college. 2007. 2007. I love that, that line. Is this your quote? The streets are not going to raise my children, and the prison is not going to house them. That's, right. that's, that's been my quote. Yes, ma'am. Wow. That is ridiculously powerful like yeah. quotes that you're going to see on walls 20 30 years from now kind of mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i and you're like the you're the example of don't judge a book by its cover when you see somebody out in the street you do and you just write them off mm -hmm. what if the world didn't i mean the world wrote you off but you didn't write your, yourself off and and that is the most you bring tears to my eyes, the most powerful thing ever. I mean, because as a speaker, in, in, you know, an international speaker and a writer, a coach, you know, I'm always pulling that belief out of people being, remember who you are. You decide your future. You decide what you will accept and what you don't. And it's never too late to change. How old were you? 30, what? 35. 35, didn't finish school, six kids. Yes. 
and he got back up. Even when you got the news that, no, uh, you got a vision, ah, your <laughs> problems are gonna go away. No, you still had to climb. I still and, had to climb. Oh, and, and I was so excited to have you on the show and just to share you with my tribe of people because what we need is inspiration right now to remember yeah. We may be bad in our lives, in our respective lives right now, but it could be worse. And even if it was, and even if it isn't, you can get back from wherever you are. And you are walking proof. And you didn't do it alone. You, you, you were carrying six other kids with you. What, what, is, what was the age group, the age span of your children when you were homeless? Um, two high schoolers two middle school, two elementary. So I'm spread out. I'm here. I, it, it's one thing to, uh, I remember a, a quote by the doctor, uh, uh, late Dr. Miles Monroe. He said that adversity introduces man or woman to themselves. Yes. And this definitely introduced me to myself. I be with you. I went kicking and screaming, um, to be homeless for three and a half years. We talking about shelters, cars, board up house, scraped up money for hotels. Um, it got so heavy on me because it's one thing trying to keep my mind sane. Now I got to keep six people together, you know, to, to make sure that they don't venture off into the wrong path. It got so hard on me. I remember walking to a hospital here in Riverdale, Georgia, and I just went to the desk and I told a lady, I, I guess the look on my face, the weariness, I said, I don't think I can do this no more. I, I, I just don't think I can do it. She said, ma'am, are you saying you want to commit suicide? I said, that's exactly what I'm saying. I am tired. And I remember them keeping me for a week for observation. But it was in this week that I was there. God and I began our relationship. On that floor, they had a padded room. And I would ask the lady, I said, ma'am, can I go into that room? She said, ma'am, you're no threat to anyone. That's for people who's a threat to somebody. They, they trying to harm others or themselves. I said, I know, but I need to go into that room. And I remember she said, if that's what you want, go ahead. I would drop down to my knees once a day uh, for that week. I was every day for that week I was there. And I would cry out, God, are you there? Please help me. I don't have anything. I don't know what to do. I'm scared. I'm lost. And I tell you, by the time I left out of there, Michelle, that week when they released me, it was almost like a wind beneath my wings. Although the situation did not immediately turn over, I knew at that point that God, and at that time, whoever he was, I didn't know him like I know, but that was the beginning. I knew, I felt like someone was with me. Yeah. And, and, and that kept me, although family members still want help, people were still laughing at us, but it helped me to keep going. Um, and that, in the beginning, it was, it was my driving force was to save my children, to liberate them, and to leave a legacy for them. And so, and, 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 and that's how I began to, right, let me go back right fast. Right before I went into the hospital, I wanted to leave my kids a legacy. Because I was thinking of suicide, and, but I, I was thinking of them at the same time. Women do and, that. I'm gonna kill myself, but let me make sure everything's right first. Right, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm thinking, I'm like, I can't just leave them without nothing. So I gave my kids the only key that I had. The only thing that I possessed, I didn't really know, I thought it was a worthless key, but I gave them who I was. And I said, well, if I can teach you all how to give back, 
when we don't have anything, I believe I've given you my, I believe I've given you a strong foundation to build on to become great leaders. They looking at me like, laid base, like, what are you talking about? We don't have nothing. You talking about helping people? And like, I know it. I said, I know we don't have anything, but the one thing I do have, I love you all unconditionally. And I want to teach you all how to give back. So we did events in the community to show them how to love and serve others. So my legacy to my six children and my grandchildren is service to others. And so then after that, I just collapsed and went to the hospital. And when I came out the hospital, I continued my educational journey. But my kids, as the time started progressing, they took that lesson that I taught them. And one by one, my oldest son came to me his senior year in high school and said, Mom, I will have given back by what you showed me. Is going is joining the United States Marine Corps by you know serving there. So he did 10 and a half years. He medically retired. Now he's a, uh, in college to get a degree so he could continue being a servant, whatever area God calls him in. I have a daughter that's an EMT. She's a licensed pharmacy test. She's getting her bachelor's in human services. Another daughter that just finished her, her um, undergraduate classes, she's graduating this month with her bachelor's in human services. And she joined the United States Army two years ago. A daughter that became a two-time Christian published author by the time she was 16. She's a spoken word artist. She just launched her t-shirt line. My son, he's a caretaker. This guy will give you another song, give you the shirt off his back. And my youngest, Omega. Omega will be 18. He's the last to end. There's no more coming out after him. Omega. Uh, Omega. <laughs> Omega. He, yes, yes. He represents well. Um, Omega will be 18 in August. And so, I mean, he's working in school, youth leader. Um, and so for me to see them leading in their own path, I tell you, I believe as a mother and as a leader, I've done my job. Being Skippy, yeah, I just statistically, uh, yes, your children should not do, should not have made it to any of that. Uh, they would be in a gang or on the streets again. Or you broke multiple chains by saying, "I want, I don't want this for me." And and that was one of the things I've noticed about so many people. Change doesn't always happen just from themselves. They need to borrow someone else's belief. When that yeah. child looks at you and says, man, mommy, you're the best thing since sliced bread. And you do, am I? <laughs> well, if I'm not, then I better work on something. And, and, and it kind of forces you out yeah. of, you know, your pity part. It, yes. It's like, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm speaking from experience. You know, I've got a brain injury. I, I'm not going to be able to talk. I can't walk. And, you know, I, I could go back in that shell. And then my kids looked at me and went, man, mom, you're, you're the most brilliant, beautiful woman I've ever seen. And I, when I grow up and I'm like, <laughs> I'm looking at who are they looking at? I better become what they see. Yeah. And, and I think that's a blessing. I mean, that's a blessing itself that when you have a responsibility of something mm -hmm. more than you. Yes. And I think that that's a, that's a bit of advice for those of you who are out there listening. You're like, I can't do this and I'm not worthy. Okay, look around the people who are looking at you. What would they say about you? Not, not, not let your inner critic say it. What would they say about you? Go inside and see you from their point of view. And I'm telling you, they're seeing far more than what you're allowing the world to see. That is. And 
and Latarsha, you saw it from six different sets of eyes because yes. I'm sure every time you came home and the kids were so excited to have whatever you managed to feed them, mm -hmm. you wanted to give them more. Yes. And, and if you're out there listening and you're thinking you don't have anything, look around you. Borrow the belief that the people around you have in you so you yes. can stand up on your own. Because if Latasha can come up and carry six other children with her, and your biggest problem is you're alone and you don't want to do it, mm. you can do it. Yes. And, and we believe in you, right, Latasha? We believe we in be you. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm so distracted. Okay. I want to say, because I forgot to say it, I'm pretty sure I forgot to say it. Latasha has um, a website called genuineexpressions.life and she has t-shirts and products on it. So they're, they're inspirational, they're uplifting. So look at that site and every time you look at that shirt, you're gonna think Latarsha did it and yeah. it'll get you up. And I promise you it will. <laughs> every time I see her name, I do, I'm getting up. <laughs> okay, so we gotta go back because you, you decided to go to school in 2007. Yes. So you finished your high school. So you finished GED. Well, I, I, I went in with a GED. Okay. I, I went and yeah, I went in with a GED. Um, so, you know, it's interesting at 35 with a GED. That, I mean, come on. Like you said, statistically, there was no way myself or my six kids. I'm, I'm just being real. Mm -hmm. And honestly, had God not stepped in, the, the, the statistics that were against me and my children. Astronomical. Yeah. I, I, I mean, and then, so when we came out of the homeless, I say, well, I made another vow. I say, God, if you get me out of homelessness, once, once I left out of that hospital, I start communing with God. I start talking and praying. I say, well, God, one, if you get me out of homelessness and hopelessness, I go back and fight for others, <laughs> which, which, which is why I ran for city council in 2017. You know, so here I am. I've, I've, I've got my associate degree by then, my bachelor's, my MBA. But when I got accepted into the PhD program for leadership studies, it was then I did want to bungee jump up to heaven, high five my man, and say, "Yes, Wait yes." So, um, what, what you didn't mention, and what I think is hilarious, and well, you mentioned it, but I think people might have missed it. She was praying and talking to God before she believed there was a God. <laughs> I wanted, I, I went in that room. I said, "Okay." And at that point, I guess I was surrendering because I'm like, I've tried everything. I've cried, crying. I've let people walk over me. I'll try to dim my light. I've tried it. Nothing was working. And so here I am. I'm like, I got these six kids. My family would not help. I, and, and now I'm looking back. I thank God for that. And I, and I did ask him. I said, God, why you didn't allow no one to help me? And I heard a still small voice say, because no one can say if it wasn't for them, you wouldn't be where you're at today. Exactly. No one's going to take his glory, what he did in my life. And so, but it, it was definitely, I, I tell you, it was literally the last, and all of this, okay. So within 10 years, I went from being homeless in the streets of Atlanta to a political candidate in the 2017 election from a GED to a doctorate degree and became a 12 time published author within 10 years, raised six kids, did community efforts, started two community clubs. And so, yes, yeah, so right about now, my brain cells is right. I'm like, my, the, the college students, my children, they call me, 
and uh, they might want me to help with some work. I'd be like, look, honey, I can help you a little bit. Let me, I can kind of help you get through the problem. But I am still in awe that God did that. It was no way I could have done that on my own. I didn't have the money. I didn't, I wasn't politically, I wasn't tied to any elite groups. It was God and I, and once I knew that he loved me, and once I knew he wasn't gonna leave me, it was then I'd say, if I took a step, he took two. And we've just been, we've been, and so it's been 13 years since 2007. It's been a heck of a journey. What a ride, right? What it's a been a ride. And, yeah. and I know I've got a lot of listeners who, I do not believe in God. Okay, then don't believe in him. You don't, yeah. he didn't believe <laughs> in him either. So you don't have to believe in whatever higher power out there, but there's something, there's something out there. And if yes. you don't want to call it, call that, that's something God, that's good. That's fine. Because here's the thing that I realized. I didn't believe in God when I hit my lowest. But for, you know, when I started screaming at the universe, you know, why are you beating me to the ground so hard? If you hate me that much, take me out. Because this is, this is hard. I'm done. When you hear something say, get up. Mm. If you don't believe in God, you start believing in something. Because that's what happened with me. It was like, what was that? And I did not believe in a God. I had given up. I had gone through so much. I figured there can't be a God because how could he be so mean? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I realized, oh, as a parent. Okay. Sometimes as a parent, you got to be a little, little mean to little, yes. let your children suffer a little bit so they can yeah. learn something. And in the life, in the world of life, in this game of life, sometimes those lessons have to be really big in order to pull you out of whatever darkness you're in so you can step into your light and be the light that he created. And so, yes, for those of you who are watching me, Michelle's getting religious on us. We're never going to watch her again. It's okay. It's okay. Because if you don't believe in God, it's okay. He believes in you. Yes. Yes. And that was a hard lesson for me to believe because that's when I started crying the hardest because it was like, for all those times I didn't believe and I told people that you didn't exist, I, I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> but you know, I'll, I'll do anything you say. And like you said, I will, I will, I will do what you say. I will, I will do this. Yes. I will do that. You start making promises to this entity you don't see. Yeah. When you start doing that, you know something major has happened in your life. I said, I am so sorry. I will do whatever you want me to. I will walk through doors. I, I will do, I will tap dance in the rain if you want me to. I will do whatever you want. I will do it. Yeah. And once I let go of that control and saying I'm not mm -hmm. good enough and mm -hmm. um, how could I, because no one has, yeah. the world opened fast. I mean, look at all the degrees you got so fast. And then all of your books that came out so quick. Most people take that long to write one book. <laughs> And then it never gets published. All of yours were published. And so yes. once you allow who you truly are to come out, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like I always say, once you step out of your way, mm. not luck, you got to overcome you by believing yes. in you and get up. Yeah. Latarsha is just, she messes with my heart and my mind because she's heard the voice too. She's heard mm -hmm. someone say, get up. And it's a weird one when you meet someone who heard the same thing. 
Okay, so I'm not crazy after all. Okay, I'm good. But we're, we, we're doing what we're supposed to do, being our best versions of us. And mm. all those dominoes, by becoming the best version of Latarsha, not only did she stand back up again and start going the right direction to mm -hmm. change the world and help other people come into the best versions of them, she brought her children with her. Mm. So if you think your package, your, your, your bundle of pain is too heavy for yourself, she had six other packages. Yeah. And so that's, uh, that is a God thing. Uh, and now, yeah. now you are a preacher, right? Yes, I'm ordained, um, pastor, licensed, ordained. And, um, you know, when you said that, um, I, and I think that's the beauty that because I was, I guess like the black sheep of the family, the one that dropped out and the school had so many kids at a young, young age, God wanted me, and, and, and I call it the crucible. When my son joined the Marines, he went to the crucible and the Marines have the hardest boot camp out of all the um, branches. And when he graduated, I asked him, I said, son, how did you make it through the boot camp? I said, because you didn't work out like the recruiter told you before you went in. And, and, you know, and I said, I got the DVD when you graduate from boot camp. I said, how did you make it through? I, here I am just answering, but his, I mean, just questioning how did he do that? And his answer brought me to tears. He said, well, I thought about you. He said, I knew people was laughing at us. Nobody would help us. He said, I knew you was, I heard you crying many nights. And he said, in my mind, and he said, it was painful. It was probably the hardest thing I ever went through. But I said, if she can keep going, then I can keep going. He said, that's how I made it through the Marine boot camp. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, oh my. And it was at that point I realized that our children are watching us. Always. They, they are, you know, what are you thinking? They're not, or they're not paying attention. They're watching to see, even right today, my kids would be like, dumb, mama, you, you been who you are now. You, you, it's almost like he was, they were like, you make us want to keep striving. It's like we had a personal training walking with us to show us how it's done to show us how to keep getting up to show us you know and so it sometimes get a little intimidating for them because like <laughs> having you as our mom is like man how are we gonna look like we give up we can't he, so he's like even the pressure's on us we can't give up even we want to the way you just keep pushing and, and making things happen so for me if god did nothing else for me i be, I, I just believe ministry starts at home it don't it is not but i'm to see them and I'm so happy that this year I'll be 48 in June, if the Lord's will. And I have raised six kids. So everybody will be grown. So I don't know what I'm doing myself, Miss Michelle. I'm, I'm, I'm so ecstatic. He got a movie. Now. He got a tour. He got another I book. Yes. Yes. still came right on time where I can really be. You know, every, I don't have that. I've survived 30 years of parenting from being an uneducated mom to fighting my way through. So for me becoming Georgia mother of the year, for me, I believe God gave me that. You know how when you retire and the, the job gives you something for 30 years and they give you Maybe a, a plaque and a turkey? Yeah. yeah, exactly. This was my way of God saying, well done, Don. And to, and to represent the state of Georgia by, as Georgia mother of the year for 2020, the year all of my children will be 18 to 31 only God can do that. It's just a phenomenal story. I mean, 
that you have a movie being made of you does not surprise me. Uh, <laughs> so keep keep an eye out, everyone, for Hidden Glory, the Latarsha Holden story, because we're only hearing a high-level skirting of what she's gone through. Yeah. And you're just so much of inspiration. And yeah, your kids are all gone and moved and whatever. It doesn't matter. You're gonna, you are the mother figure for everybody else that sees and hears you. And, and that's mm -hmm. kind of the, it, it's a blessing and a curse because <laughs> you must always be you, always. Yeah. And be able to pick yourself. Now, I have a very curious question. Okay. As a pastor, I'm sure you get a lot of young women or men who are in the same situation you used to be coming up mm -hmm. to you, not knowing your past and saying, this is me, take me or leave me. And I'm sure you just get a really big smile on your face. I love, I, can you give me a little, like, can you share a little bit of what goes to your mind when someone says that? Well, the first, like if, for instance, if I'm going to speak at a women's or, um, event or, if I'm going somewhere where I'm either speaking or getting an award, the first thing people think, oh, she don't know. Cause when I, you know, God keeps you when you're in the fire. Yep. So when you show up and you look and then everybody looking, oh, okay. And then when I, it was, <laughs> I went to an event probably a year or so ago and I was getting, I was one of the speakers and I said, it was a very nice event. I sat at the table with people and they was like, you know, stand off, which weren't really saying anything. I just sat there real quiet. And when they called me up to speak and I came back, everybody table was like, I will never do that again. You don't know who's inside. We ain't say nothing. <laughs> but the, the thing about my story is men are impacted, mm -hmm. not just women. They, I've had men write me, email me, say, Dr. Holden, I just told my wife, you the reason I'm going back to school. You the reason I'm back on my job search. I said to myself, that lady can do it. She has six kids. You, your, they was like, your story is an inspiration for anybody to get back up and try. I'll never forget, Miss Michelle, on LinkedIn, about back in August of last year, I posted a picture of myself and my degrees, and I just posted that summary of my story. And within two months, it, it went viral. It had over half a million views. People around the world from all over the contacted me, but I'll never forget this one lady. She was a Caucasian lady, and she reached out to me from Illinois. She said, Dr. Holden, she said, you know, uh, I was going through LinkedIn. I ran across your, pro your post. She said, I wanted to tell you that I have my PhD. I have two loving kids. I have a wonderful, supportive husband. She said, but recently, my husband and I lost our jobs. She said, we had a pretty large income coming in. And so we've been living off my saving, our savings. She said, but we won't be able to do that for long. So now I'm beginning to get scared. She said, but when I ran across your post, I immediately thought to myself, she said, my, my heart dropped to my stomach. She said, I immediately thought to myself, what if I had four more kids? I didn't have my degrees. I didn't have a supportive husband and I was homeless. She said, you changed my perspective and I will always remember you for the rest of my life. Yeah. And powerful. Yeah. And, and people like, aren't you angry? I mean, why would you believe in a God that put you through so much? It's like, no. I, I'm thankful yes. because that way other people don't have to suffer as much. They can learn from what I've gone through. Yes. I've been, I mean, it's kind of a, I've been chosen to suffer so I can help share how to get through that there, yes. you know, and it, 
Wow. <laughs> it, it, yes, yeah, and, and that's that's. And you know what God showed me then? Because I asked Him when I said, "God, give me a sign," because we so close now. I make I don't I don't like being um, busy. I like to be productive. And I don't like to do anything that he has not. I, I, I run my race with God. What are the assignments that you have for my life? So I asked him before I made that post, God, give me a sign that, that you are, by me going to professional inspirational speaking, that your stamp is there or approval. And I posted that. Who would ever thought a post on LinkedIn would have got over half a million views within two months, people around the world. And then he put a chair on top. In normal situation, this Caucasian lady probably have never paid me any, I'm just, she probably have never paid me any attention. You know, um, she's from a well-to-do place in her life. And I'm coming from a homeless African-American woman in the streets of Atlanta. But God used me and my story to tug at her heart to say, you know what? You changed my perspective. Yeah. You know, and so for me, that was, I, I'm just still, for God to take a former homeless woman in the streets of Atlanta just 12 years ago, Miss Michelle, nobody knew me but the welfare office. No one knew me. That that was it. That that was it. And now I've been interviewed on countless radio, uh, featured in 10 magazines. And I mean, God has just continued. Only God can bring me before men and women such as yourself of influence and affluence and to, um, for me to be able to share my stories. So I thank you for your platform. I thank you for being willing to share it on the platform because that your your story is just everyone's story is powerful. Yours just hit so many gambits that yeah uh, of, I can't because I can't because you had <laughs> all of the I can'ts because and to see that all your can'ts because moved you forward, you step you used them as stepping stones and move forward anyways is proof to every person I think I've ever met <laughs> get back up. Yeah. And that's why I wanted you on mental shift. And true to form, I told you I was going to forget something that I did. At, at, at midpoint, I was supposed to reintroduce you for anybody <laughs> who had stepped in and just started listening and didn't know what was going on. And uh, I missed that point. So I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it now. We're like 30 <laughs> minutes into our, our podcast. We're almost to the end. If you've stumbled across this podcast and you're listening and you're like, who is Michelle talking to today? I'm talking to Dr. Latarsha Holden. Remember the name because it's a TV show. It's a movie. It's coming out. Hidden Glory, the Latarsha Holden story. And she's got a Christian comic book coming out in June 2020. Um, she's 2020 Georgia Mother of the Year. She's got a website called GenuineExpressions.life. So it's genuine. G-E-N-U-I-N-E, -E, expressions, E-X-P-R-E-S-S-I-O-N-S, -S -S, dot life. And what's cool about it is she's got t-shirts and a product line of inspiration and things to lift you up. Because if you need inspiration, you need to just think of this lady. Because every can't that you can possibly think of in this world, she has had experience and used it as a can. She moved past it anyway. She went from GED to PhD in under 12 years and has just shifted the world. She hasn't realized how much she shifted the world yet. It's still unraveling to her, but wow. I, I, I wanted you all to meet her because when I met her, I just, I cried. And not many things make me cry, 
but her her story is so inspiring because homeless wait GED didn't finish school right GED yes. six kids homeless on the street because of divorce and decided to believe in a man that or in, in, in an entity that she didn't even believe existed but was so desperate she started talking to something she didn't even know it existed and then got an answer mm. and now she is a she's a pastor she's a phd and she's a pastor and she's giving back to the world in every way shape and form you can possibly think of with how many books again 13 well 12 books um so oh, I'm, I'm counting the comic book already <laughs> yeah and you, and, and you know what that was odd about about a month ago i'm standing in the kitchen i heard a small voice say do a comic book and i'm like a comic book is so different from writing a book. I'm like, a comic book? How would I do that? So I wrote, and, um, I wrote the script. God brought the, uh, the, uh, the, the illustrators to me. They came, brought my characters to life. So I'm excited to release my first edition, um, The Light Share Rule, Christian comic book uh, at, at the end of June. So I got my 12 books, my, uh, my comic book that's coming out. My inspiration t-shirt line, I started two community closets in middle schools because I know what it felt like my kids when we were homeless and we didn't have all the, the hair brushes, the gel, the deodorant, the toothpaste. So I kicked that off a couple of years ago. So I'm just looking for any way to use my gifts. And I want someone to, to realize the, the part from, um, uh, what is uh, Dorothy uh, with Toto, what's that name of that movie? The Wizard of Oz, I just remember a little piece of this one little, this sentence that you had the power all along, my dear. Yes. And, and so it's everything that we need to be successful is already in there. The problem comes in, a lot of people don't want to put the work in to cultivate your gifts and talents. Well, just like and you so, said when you went to your minister, you said, okay, now if I believe in all this, uh, <laughs> is your God going to give it back to me, make everything better? No. No. I, and then we live in a society, it's 13 years later. Had God told me 13 years ago, well, you're going to be homeless, you're going to be on mental breakdown, nobody ain't going to help you, this and that. But 13 years from here, a story is going to be in the making for your life. And that's why he don't give us the full picture. Because I know I would have been trying to work it out some other way. I'm not going to go through being homeless no three and a half years, people looking at me crazy, and I'm having suicidal thoughts. My kids are getting disgruntled. But I thank him that he did not allow, I had to go through the crucible so he can, cause now I'm organized, I'm detailed. I know how to use my time wisely. I remember one of my undergrad professors told the class that the world belongs to those who are disciplined. Mm -hmm. So this taught me how to be disciplined. That's how I was able to maximize my time and do so much within a 10 year span. So I thank God, all those painful that he never left my side that he kept you blind from your future because you would have messed it up i would have messed it up i would have been trying to work it out do something different and it was hard it was hard you, you it nothing really happened overnight nothing i mean it was miss michelle i remember going to meetings or going to play special i ran for office i put my last 700 dollars i had my name to, to to kick off my campaign a lot of things i moved by faith this was my whole it just and I think that's why I'm seeing the increase now. The movie deal, we're in the pre-production stage. So if anybody's on Facebook, follow the Hidden Glory um, Facebook page because that's where the director will have film um, updates, casting calls.
um, and, and other important information. But it definitely was the hardest time of my life. And I just thank God that he was there with me the whole step of the way. Oh, yeah. I, the beauty's in the unknown. Yes. We fear the unknown, but the beauty is in the unknown. And it's in we've got to walk, walk with faith. And so, and, and that's why I always, it always confuses me when people say, oh, there's no way I'm going to do that. Well, no, you may <laughs> not, but the world will conspire to help you do your best. If yes. you allow it. If you allow it. If you allow it. And, and it's us when we put our, when we start second guessing, and no, no, that's not me. No, no. Yes. My whole second book about it. Yeah. It's not love. <laughs> get out of yourself. Get, out, get away from, get out of your own way. And look at yourself from someone else's point of view because you are greater, amazing, more beautiful than you can possibly imagine. We put our own lights out. So you don't need to find other people to put your light out because you're already doing it. So you <laughs> the bell so that you can at least shine brightly from yourself. Believe in you and do what you want to do. Go follow your dream. Feel that, 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 that yearning in your heart. That's your soul. That's that. The calling is coming to you from inside. It's not coming from the outside. Stop looking on the outside from your answers. Yes. It's all on the inside. It's all in you. And remember what, because we're finishing up here. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay on time. I'm going to be good because I'm going to keep her on the phone, on, on, on the line and keep talking. But, so hi-hi, you're not going to hear the rest <laughs> of the conversation. But the thing is, is, Dr. Latarsha Holden, remember this quote, because you're going to hear it like Maya Angelou in the future, okay? The streets are not going to raise my children. The prison is not going to house them. Those can be figuratively streets and prisons or actual. And the power comes in from what you choose to allow. Let that sink in. The streets are not going to raise my children and the prisons are not going to house them. You mm. will see that quote again because I'm going to put it all over the place because I love it. <laughs> so many of us are trapped. Well, our kids are being raised on the streets. We were raised on the streets because of the way our mentality is. There mm -hmm. is no discipline. And then the whole prison is we, we create our own prisons. Yes. And we've got to realize when we've locked ourselves into something that isn't us. And mm. that's when the uncomfortableness happens. That's when the, the pain happens. That's when I don't belong, I don't fit happens. We've made our own prisons. So listen to that quote, think about it, and wonder in your own life, what prison have you put yourself in? That was my final thought. Latarsha, do you have a final thought you'd like to share with our audience? Well, I just want to let you all know that you have, you deserve to be here just like the next person. Own your space. Take back your power, whether people stand with you or not. Learn how to dance along if you must and go forward. Be the best version of you, everyone. Thanks. Yes. Thank you, Dr. Latarsha Holden, for, for being on my show. And oh, everybody, please share, like, pass this on. Her story is powerful and people need to hear it. Until next time, have a great week.